This is Becoming a Selfless Parent Part 4. Becoming a Selfless Parent Part 4. I believe the first three messages I've shared on this has tremendously blessed you, parent. And it has, it has also blessed me hugely in the sense that I saw gaps in my life, you know, gaps of um, parenting gaps in the sense that, you know, things that my parent should have kind of taught me, trained me on that um, I now, as an adult, should go learn. And this is not, uh, this is not pointing accusing fingers at my parents or blaming my parents in any way, shape or form. Uh, Nobody is perfect. You know, every parent can only give the best that they have. So no parent, no child should be angry at their parent that they were not properly parented because your parent gave you the best they had. So, and if you find gaps in your life, the best you can do is to learn those things you need to learn and so that you can give the best to your children. If you keep looking at your parent and keep accusing them, blaming them that they did, you know, for not giving you one thing or the other, you will not progress in life and you will not be able to correct that error in the life of your children and generations to come. So let's leave the past behind us and let's focus on where God is taking us. Praise the Lord. So our key text, very quickly again, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. King James Version. The Amplified reads it this way. Train up a child in the way he should go, and in keeping with his individual gift or bent, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Colossians 3.21 Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Amen. So please, avail yourself to the messages that I taught in the past three weeks where I covered a lot of insight in this. Now, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, to train up a child. So today, I'll be, I'll be focusing on what it means to train a child. And I will also be identifying seven key areas every parent should train their child or their children. Seven key areas where every parent should train their child. If you use the seven areas as a framework or guideline in training your child, I can guarantee you that you will raise super kids. I can guarantee you that 70%, you have, a, you have a 70% chance of raising fantastic kids. I'm not saying that children may not, may, may not um, mess up along the line, along the journey. As long as we are in this falling nature in the sense that we still have a flesh and our body has been corrupted by sin, we will mess up, we will commit sin, we will do stuff, right? Some people, life happens to them, devil attacks them, things like that. But one of the things that will help them carry through, one of the things that will see them through those challenges, those tough situations in life, is the work you do in the life of the child now. Amen. I've, I read stories of um, pop artists whose parents were very strong in the faith, even though they mixed with the wrong crowd, and seem to have been derailed from the, from the path of, of Christ, what their parents have taught them as a child, uh, in childhood, still remains in them. Even though I found gaps, a huge gap in the life of those kids, in those, in those kids, as to what their parents taught them as Christianity. I was watching a celebrity, a Nollywood celebrity, last week, or was it two weeks ago? About right, last week now. And, um, you know, they, they kind of... Drama skits that she produces on YouTube to me are too disgusting. You know, so there's a way you can communicate a message and not be so vulgar, irritating, and you know, it just to do a hor they're horrible. So it was shocking to me to find that she's a Christian. And when I was listening to her story, I realized that the kind of Christianity that was handed over to her was the kind of Christianity whereby you ask God for what you want. Is a transactional-like relationship. So she did admit that God is a father and things like that. But she, but in every reference she made to God was about what she can get from God, how she gets things from God. And the interviewer 
referenced another friend who also claims to be a God's child. And she said that this girl has a good relationship with God. Anything she wants, she gets it. Even going, now, so she said, one day the lady said, these are the requests she's made to God. That one of them, which caught my attention is this. She want to be, she want God to open doors for her to, to um, attend the private club, exclusive club. It's a kind of club where they do all kind of ungodly and dingy and dirty things. And, I'm, and then I started thinking, are we all right in our thinking? So you are asking God to open doors for you to go do dirty things in clubs where ungodly people, right, associate class identification with. You're not even going to represent Jesus, but you're not going to represent God. You're not going to make friends, build relationships to help people to see Christ in you. But you want to be a celebrity and it goes into more details, which I don't want to cover because of the teenagers in, the cl- in church this morning. So what am I trying to say? Even this celebrity that I was talking about, I saw gaps in our life in the terms of the Christianity that was handed over to her. And there's more that goes into this. It might seem sound like I'm rambling, that's how it sounds to me, but you guys will get the gist. So the question to each parent, to every parent is, what kind of gospel are you passing down to your kids? Is it a a gospel of God will kill you if you sin? God is a consuming fire. You will go to hell if you don't give your life to Christ. Is it kind of uh, performance-based relationship Christianity? Is that what you 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 are sharing with your kids? Now, whatever you give your kids, whatever you share with them is what will determine the outcome of their life when they leave home. Praise the Lord. So we're looking at Seven key areas where a parent should train their child. And if you do well in these areas, there's 75% chance that you, I mean, your, parent, your kids will turn out well. Praise the Lord. So last week, I stopped by defining training, right? I, I looked at downsides of selfish parenting and then I looked at what it means to train a child. And what it means, and according to Proverbs 20, 22.6, train them means hanak. And that Hebrew word means to initiate discipline, to properly narrow, properly narrow the options of a child. Don't allow a child to be free to do anything. In your home, not everything should go. Parents, children are not mature enough, especially kids, underaged, even kids in in, in their early 20s, even 18-year-old teenagers, all, including ourselves as adults, right? We are all still growing in learning how to make the right decision. But when the child is still under your care, when, they are, when you are still feeding them, you're looking after them, you're paying, you know, you're paying, I don't want to say use the word abuse. I mean, you still have custody of them in a sense. They are under your roof. Now, you, you can't expect those children to really, really know how to make decisions for themselves, good decisions. And hence, they are still with you to guide them as to how to make the right decision. So if a child needs guidance in decision making, then as a parent, you need to train them on how to narrow. You need to uh, practice the art of narrowing their options narrowing their options to a few, to things that will help them. Two weeks ago, I differentiated the state of being a parent, or three weeks ago now, the state of being a parent and what it, me- and what it means to parent. To be a parent is a form of, uh, is by reason of biological relationship between a person and their offspring. And to parent is a process. Is helping the child to become independent, is structuring, molding the child, building character in the child, is an active process. So there's no such thing as I have children, glory be to God, I'm a mother, I'm a mother of two, a mother of three. No, that's just the beginning. You have a huge role to play in the life of the child. If you want them to turn out well and not bring and not be a disaster in the making. If you want to Make them, you want to help them do, thank you, Holy Spirit. You want them to, you want them to fulfill God's plan and purpose for their life. Think about it. Look at Mary and Joseph in the Bible, the parents of Jesus. 
Imagine how much God, how much respect God has for Mary, though a teenager. That God, you know, God entrusted Mary with Jesus. That Mary will help Jesus in his in, in, uh, in childhood to reinforce his identity that he's a child of God. And where he's come from. Some of us think Jesus, when Jesus was born, he was, he was born with that supernatural knowledge that he's a child of God. No. He learned those things when he came to earth. Amen. Isn't it, I think this should be a challenge towards our spirit. And I'm challenging myself with this as the Holy Spirit is bringing this to my heart. You know, why don't we develop ourselves, be, become people of integrity, work hard on ourselves so that God can entrust us with bigger things? So if you don't have children yet and you're trusting God for a child, do you want to challenge yourself to say, I want to be like Mary, that God can entrust me with kids that will do his will, that will carry out his purpose on earth, that I will not use children as a symbol of status and use them to fulfill my will. I think to a very much extent, our relationship with God at time means how we even parent. The quality of our relationship with God. If we have a kind of transaction-like relationship with God, whereby it's about give, 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 I do God give, then we will not be able to raise children to do the will of the Father because we'll keep God out of the equation and we'll focus on ourselves and what we can get. Amen. So that's a word of knowledge for someone there. And it also blesses me to thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. Amen. So now, to that word training, like I said, also means to initiate discipline. Right? Uh, to initiate discipline. Or to discipline. Now, what does discipline mean? Now, discipline is, the, is a word that has been abused to a very much extent, especially in, in um, Nigerian communities where I when, when I was growing up, when you say discipline a child, many people think of inflicting harm or pain on the child to correct them. I've seen children, even one of uh, a pastor that I saw not too long ago, you know, uh, when they beat a child, when, they, when they, they beat up the child, right, the child has so much mastered the pain that when after his, he or she has been beaten, right, they smile, that's off and they go. Right, and they go back and they watch the father, they watch the mother, and they go back and they find and they go back and do what they were told not to do. And then as as time goes on, they started developing strategies, skills to to maneuver the you know how to maneuver um, processes or points where they can be caught. I'm trying not to use a, uh, take, uh, military <laughs> military terms this morning. You know, so they started getting so good at not being caught because all daddy and mommy would do is to beat me and that's it. Right? So many people think uh, I've mistaken discipline for, you know, spanking a child, beating up a child. But many children, do they remember the pain to some extent, right? It it has not done. It has not for some children. It worked for so many children. It didn't work because when a child leaves home, you know, their parents no longer can spank them. They now have the right to do whatever they want to do, so they do whatever they like. And mommy and daddy cannot do anything about it because I am now an adult. Should that be the joy of parenting? No. The joy of parenting is a child leaves home and they can still stand their ground to stand for what is right, make the right decisions, and not bring harm and destruction into their lives, into their families, into the life of their own children. Praise God. So what is discipline? So discipline is the practice of training people. Can you say training and practice are synonymous? So practice of training people to obey rules or code of behavior. Right? Training people to obey rules. This is dictionary definition, right? So discipline and training are synonymous because train... Now, so another definition of discipline is to train someone to obey rules or code of behavior. Discipline and training are synonymous. So that leads us into training. So if discipline, right, is about training, then we should focus on training. Discipline is, is not about beating up a child, Punishing a child. The goal of a parent is not to punish a child, inflict harm on a child, prove to them that you're a parent. That is not this, that's not the goal of parenting. 
the goal of parenting or the primary responsibility of a parent is to train. Right? So let's focus on training and understand the ramifications of training. Now, I want to differentiate also between training and teaching. Because many parents, they don't, okay, they discipline in the sense, right? But they also teach. Many parents don't realize that what they do is they teach, they don't train. Now, let's use teaching in academics, for instance. Now, a teacher will disseminate information and knowledge to a child or to a student. But it's up to the student to, uh, to, to use it or not. If they don't use it, they fail. But that's not for a parent. Now, a teacher can be a heavy smoker, right? Yet still teach students not to smoke. And he knows that he's going to die because smoking is harmful to the health. He could die. Let me not say he's going to die. Some people are going to get offended with that. We know, okay, even the tobacco, whatever, whatever says that um, smokers are liable to die young. So the, the, whatever the brokenness or whatever the issues in the life of the lecturer Right, which is using cigarettes, smoking to self-medicate, maybe some emotional wound or whatever, or even just a lifestyle that he has just adopted, just, just like this, the, the mentor, or, or if he's a cigar smoker as a, as a symbol of style, or whatever is in his mind. Right? Now, because that's the, that's the lifestyle he chooses to live, right? but, as a, but as a health lecturer, he, can, he will teach students not to smoke. Right? But he is a heavy smoker. But that is not the same for parenting. Because parenting has to do with creating an environment, creating spaces and environments where holy and righteous living are modeled. So to parent, to train, is to lead by example. So you have to, whatever you're saying to them, you have to model it to them. A teacher gives you information, shows you, tells you how to practice it, shows you how to do it, but ultimately, it's, all, it's your choice what you like to do. And it can live a life, it has a right to live a life that is contrary to what it's teaching. Because it's a teacher. But in the kingdom of God, that is not our example. In the kingdom of God, as a pastor to you guys, and you as parent, you don't have the right. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the moral right as a child of God to teach and not train. And when I say teach, I'm talking in terms of, with respect to modeling, showing, you know, being the example that they look at. You can choose to, right? But the right thing to do is to model. So if you don't have kids yet, and you've been fasting and praying, begging God to for a child, are you hearing what I'm saying? So that you can know what it takes to parent before you go into it. As I begin to train um, singles, when, when, it, uh, when it comes to building family life and things like that, these are the things I'm going to be teaching single people so that they can understand the implication of making the wrong choice. Many girls, many boys will settle with a, with a, with, with a person because of either their looks, their performance, achievement, social status, not minding the character of that person, that can ruin the life of their children. We live in a society where people don't actually think too far, right? And there's no, there's no disrespect, right? But as a pastor, it is my duty to help people think wide, think implication. And that's why just on three or four verses of the scriptures, I'm still teaching you, <laughs> this should be like the seventh week. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, parents, you are not to teach. Now, teaching is a part of training. Now, I repeat, teaching is a part of training. So, teaching is not the end in itself. Training is our goal. Training is our prim primarily resp primary responsibility. Praise the Lord. Right. So, teaching is a subcomponent of training. Training is to model, is to be the example. So, let me give you a very quick framework. So, when it comes to training, you do and your children watch. You do, you practice, and your children, they watch you. They keep observing, they are watching you. The second part is that you then teach them to do by themselves, and you watch them. You help them. 
you help them to the standard you have gotten to, even to surpass your own standard. So one, take it, let's take it again. You model, you do and watch. You live out the lifestyle of God, of Christ, and they watch. Now, this may be raising the standard of parenting. It's very high for, for parents. He said, don't get overwhelmed. You're learning this for the first time to a very much extent, right? So let's be just starting, right? So you leave and they watch. And some people may say, you know, well, my kids are growing up now. Um, you know, how do I change? Uh, they'll, just, they'll think mommy and daddy is just changing kind of thing. But it's good for them to see, to see, to see daddy or uh, mommy you know, learn a new truth somewhere and start making improvement. I will share this myself. I just pray for me after a service for that girl will help me with my counseling. Um, I might need some counseling, marriage counseling from the Holy Ghost. So, back in the day, one of the reasons why I don't want to change was because when I changed in marriage, so let me be like, uh oh, okay, where, uh, where did you learn from? What did you learn? I need, there was a time I, I read a book and I was uh, implementing the things, and the way Jalabu was talking, I was like, oh my goodness, this is why I didn't want to do this because you're just like, oh. <laughs> but I don't, but now I don't care. If I acquire new knowledge, I will practice it. Whether my wife like, okay, all right, I should not care. But God is of me. So for parent, for parenting too, your children may see in, in, may see a change in you. It's fantastic. Don't feel uncomfortable like I used to feel uncomfortable. Maybe I used to feel uncomfortable a little bit, but, but let's get into it. Praise the Lord. So teaching is a component of training. But let's finish this framework. So you live out that life as you learn new things. The parents, your children watch. Then. When you see the value and the benefits in your life, you then teach them how, when you, and they've reached a, a level where they can practice those things, you teach them how to do it and you watch them, you guide them, you call out the, 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 the what's called, the, uh, the gaps, there's a word I'm looking for there, you know, the yeah, areas of improvement and also where they could, where, where things could go wrong, right? You, you do a risk assessment, you just, you know, just guide them, just help them, right? And finally, the final stage is they do it on their own. So this is where they begin to live out that Christian life. They begin to make decisions, but you got to be always available to help them when they trip, when they fall, when they mess up. Don't forget, these kids are going to leave home one day. They will leave home one day to stand on their own. They will not be with you forever. If you want them to be eternally grateful to you and to God for your life, you got to prepare them. So this is a new definition I think I want to add to this. So parenting is preparing a child for when they leave home. So the 18 years, the 20 years they spend with you, you enjoy the moment, you create memories together, but ultimately you have a, you have a big responsibility to prepare them for future, prepare them for life. Amen. So I haven't said that. So what does training mean? So training means to mold the character of, to instruct by drill. Parenting is hard work. Praise the Lord. To make obedient. To point in the exact direction. It kind of sounds like if we as parents don't even know the right direction, we may not be able to point in the right direction. Can you remember what I said last week and two weeks ago? The parenting starts with us. So for teenagers, single, everyone watching me today or listening today, bear this in mind, <laughs> parenting starts with you. I repeat, parenting starts with you. The forming of your character, developing yourself, training yourself. Praise the Lord, God help us. So training is a learning process where a person is provided guidance, right? instructions and coaching. Now, a coach, to some extent, is not your friend. A coach is a person who challenges you, who helps to bring the best out of you. I do that with my wife a lot. Sometimes I get tired. <laughs> Amen. To bring out the best out of you. Now, sometimes when I, see, when I wear my, co- my coach hat, she's like, uh, uh, I'm your wife. Like, you're my wife, but at this point in time, I want to drink you because you got you know, you, you to push this. You got to make this thing happen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So to provide guidance, instructions, coaching in order to impart skills and knowledge. So I'll take the old, I'll take the, this definition. I can't remember where I cut, extracted this from. So I'll take it again in full, uh, in full. So training is a learning process. What? A learning process. So the child is learning. 
So they are learning you, they are learning from you by observation. They are learning as you teach. They are learning as they practice themselves, make their mistakes, get correction, get back on track. So, so training is a learning process. Don't forget, train up a child. Now, so training is a learning process where a person, now your child, is provided guidance, instructions, and coaching in order to impact skills and knowledge to an intended level for a specific purpose. What is that purpose? To do what God has called them to do in this world. To fulfill God's plan and purposes for their lives. Amen. You know, looking at this and saying this, I feel so, I feel so privileged to be a pa- the pastor of this church and, you know, to pastor you guys, to help parents and everyone to align their thinking, their heart, their mind with God's plan and purpose for their lives so, so that they can pass it on to other people. The next generation, and their children. Praise the Lord. So, parents, meditate on that definition of training. And, um, yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Maybe when I teach a series on parenting in the future, I'll be able to explore that. But here I'm focused on, uh, you know, becoming a selfless parent. So let's move very quickly a little bit. So, as parents, we need to, I said this earlier on, I just want to reiterate it. As parents, we need to create spaces, which is create spaces an environment where holy and righteous living are modeled. I'm going to go into details of it as I begin to cover the, the seven points. Spaces and environment. Right? Your home should not be an environment where nudity and obscenity is being pumped through the TV. No. No. All in the name of movie or you love this artist no the children may not see but you're creating a spiritual atmosphere that is impacting them i'm speaking to you as a spiritual specialist to a degree i understand i understand spiritual things to a very much extent i've been in this for over 18 years so i know what i'm saying i've read books i've fasted i've prayed i've done stuff i'm telling you that see how the enemy access the heart and the soul of your children is not only by what they watch, but what they hear. And that's why the conversations that you have with your wife, the horrible, toxic conversation we have to you with your spouse, affect your kid. How did God create, create the universe, the earth and everything? By speaking. So, so to a very much extent, your children doesn't need to really watch. Hearing alone is, is shaping how they think, how they feel, their soul. So your atmosphere, to a very much extent, as a Christian, should be clean. Amen. And the kind of pictures you bring in, the kind of movies you bring in, the kind of movies you, 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 you stream from, from apps. Guys, these things count. Praise the Lord. Now, so I'll take it outline again. As parents, uh, we need to create spaces and environments where holy and righteous living are modeled, practiced. You model it, you practice it. It's kind of, so basically, you get, you, as a parent, we need to learn to create culture. What's the culture of this family? What do we stand for? What are we known for? What do we want to be known for? Don't forget I said, you, the level of relationship we ha- you have with God will determine how you parent. In, what do I want my family to be known for? What do I want my kids to be known for? I want to say, I want to use this to encourage another a friend of mine. We were having a chat last week. If I, if my kids, if I, you know, if my, if my family is attending a birthday party with another, uh, another Christian um, person's place, and their children know all manner of dirty and filthy godly, ungodly um, secular song, dirty and filthy secular song, and they are singing and twerking and doing all kind of stuff to it, and my children are looking there helpless. That's a joyful thing to me. And I'm going to pump my kids not to feel odd one out, feel like you know, they are missing out in life because they are not taking in those poison that is shaping the soul of those children and preparing them for destruction and disaster in their future. And hence my children ain't going to hang out with those kids for long. And I'm going to create spaces, train other children as much as their parents allow me so that I have sound kids around my kids. I'm kind of 
get into my seven points. I'm going to get it very quickly. But I just feel like you, know, you need to have this foundation. I don't want you to have seven points and off you go. But join into it. Praise the Lord. Right. So now culture is increasingly distorting reality for, to our children. Right. Giving them, the, giving them power to make decisions that their undeveloped minds and emotions are unable to handle. See, the few of the movies that our children have access to, with the few of the movies with the sexual content, with the violence, trust me, a child does not have the emotional capacity to handle the cipher or to manage his or emotions, not to engage them. I saw a video game on a movie I was watching. It was horrible. A video game where a child actually shoots someone else on the head, point blank. With you know, I don't go. I just let me, let me let me stop there. Very graphic. And a parent put that game in the hand of a child. Then you wonder how something happened one day, and they were very violent, and they destroyed and they killed another person. God forbid. Or nearly killed, not even took somebody else's life. Where do you think they got, they got this inspiration from? Don't forget, they say a child cannot really act out what they have not been exposed to. Yeah. So, whatever you don't, whatever a child has not, see, I'm, I'm not, see, let, 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 me, let, let me clarify something here. I'm not, see, I'm not trying to, I'm not teaching or training us to isolate our kids. I'm going to get, there's more to come when it comes to parenting, but not in this series. Because what we were going to do as a church, starting from next year, is training ourselves to be resilient disciples of Jesus. Because con bad content, evil content, is not about if your children will see it. It's about when. They will see it. But you want to ensure that you train them, you give them adequate knowledge and training such that when they're exposed to these things, they have the emotional stamina to say, I'm not giving myself to this. Now I was coming from, we, we, we were in Spain this week, uh, this week gone, gone by, and we went to the beach. And we saw all manner of bare chest, women bare chest on the beach side. It's not about whether you're looking for it. It's coming at you. They're coming in front of you with bare chest. Yeah. And I said to my wife, I said, you know what? My son will see this. What I'm going to do is I'm going to train my son. When he sees, there's a way to handle it. There's a way to respond. You don't start sneaking over. Or when you get home, start looking. Look, they get your phone and start looking for more. No. There's a way to train the psychology of a boy. <laughs> I'm not going to deal with things of that. Amen. Praise the Lord. Right, let's carry on. I'm nearly out of time. So the word is the distorting reality to our kids. Making them think or believe that feeling is the ultimate reality of, of life. Is about how you feel. They can't handle it. And that is why anxiety, depression, and suicidal rate among teenagers have never been this high in the history of mankind. Because power is kind of changing hands. I mean, the power to direct, the power to rule, the power to lead. Parents are losing grips of power to influence their kids. The culture, the media, the government are, are taking this power because they want your children to be zombies. And the devil is the master and the source of inspiration for the, for the government and these people. So parents, can you say, parents, can you say what I'm talking about? So let's quickly run through the seven points. So three, seven areas to train a child. Let's try to do this in seven minutes. Seven key areas to train a child. One, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 13 says, To fear the Lord is to hate evil. To fear the Lord is not... It's not about fearing God in such a way. It's not a uh, tormenting fear of harm. That if you do this, God will destroy you, God will kill you, God will punish you. That's not correct. We need to train children to be able to recognize evil and say this is evil. Objectively. So one of the things that make parents to lose uh, their children in this area is when... They tend to spiritualize everything. You know, my, my, <laughs> okay, let me, let me help us a little here for men and fathers. So one of the things I'm going to train my boy, boy to understand is this. A woman is not a physical body. A woman is a person. So when you see a girl, now she may be appealing and attractive by her looks, 
but be quick to understand that a human being is a spirit that has a soul that lives in the body. That the body will decay one day and the body will continue to decay. And one of the things I'm going to do for my child, boy, is take him to places where I know there's a lot of senior citizens. Show him picture of a, in my, in, in a, permit to use the word, sexy girl when she was a teenager in the early 20s and see what she has become in her 70s. And ask her, and, and ask him, so this girl you're looking at right now, this was when she was in her 20s. Now, this is what she's like when she's 50, when she's 60, 70. Now, if you marry, if you allow looks to, if you, if you're attracted to a girl by looks, are you still going to really love them by the time they begin to look like this? Because when that looks begin to change, you're not going to like them anymore. So you have to learn to look beyond looks to want to know what the person is. And there's more that goes into it. Show her what a woman can do if, when they're influenced by the power, their mind is influenced by the power of the devil. <laughs> the same thing as my, as my daughter. Show them how life really works. Amen. So, in guiding them not to give themselves to sexual immorality, these are the kind of things I would do. Show them what, how God sees people. And how God wants us to see people. To fear and respect the Lord. To see, to have a biblical worldview. And not a, not a demonic worldview. Amen. So how to fear the Lord. To hate evil. Recognize evil. So that also means that for a parent, if you have not trained yourself or not training yourself or improving on how to recognize evil, you can't do too much with the kids. Let's move fast. I've talked about the fear of the Lord back in the day, so you guys can view yourself to that message. So fear of the Lord. I'm just going to give you a point, then you deal with it. Fear of the Lord. To fear the Lord is to hate evils. Relationships, boundaries. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. He that walks with the wife shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Bad company corrupt good manners. So as a parent, we need to teach her, we need to train our children Train our children, amen, train our children to be able to recognize bad friends and good friends, which also is a reflection of the kind of friends you keep. Praise the Lord. Train our children to recognize bad friends and good friends. How not to take advantage of people, then listen to me, how not to use people, be excessively dependent on people, or looking for people, to, looking at people and looking for what they can do for us. How to serve. How, not to, how and why not to take advantage of people. So which means, as you are exuding these characteristics and attitudes and behavior in, in your relationship with people, you are calling the attention of your children to what you're doing. You know, when a woman comes, when someone comes and tries to gossip with you and you shut the conversation down, and your, parent, and your child is aware. You said, do you know the reason why I shut that conversation down? It might sound like I'm mean, but no. But this is what gossip does to people. And the child is like, oh no. So when a, a young girl wants to gossip with your daughter, she does similar thing because she understands the implication of what it is. But if mommy and daddy enjoy the gossip of other people, then what do you expect of the children? And, they, and your children, God forbid, they begin to damage and destroy other people because they have not been trained to see how to manage relationships, how to build boundaries in relationships. So I take that point two, relationships. One, fear of the Lord. Two, relationships. Amen. Uh, third one, respect for parents. Excuse me. The culture we live in today talks more about, you know, giving power to a child. One of the most stupid things I've ever heard in my life from adults in this country was that you leave a child to decide what they want to do until the age of seven. By age seven, then they are able to decide, then they can decide what they want to do. But between age one and age seven, you leave them. Seriously? So today, a child, a boy says, I feel like a woman. What does he know about a woman? How does he think a woman feel? A five-year-old, how, how does a five-year-old know what, how a woman or a girl feels? Are we thinking? Or a girl says, I feel like a man. What do they know? It's a question. What does a child know about a girl? 
cleaned up their mess last night before they went to bed? Who fed them? What are we talking about? Respect for parents. So parents, you need to learn to train your children. They watch you, how you, how you respect your parents. And if you don't have parents yet, if, you know, if you are fatherless and motherless, <laughs> motherless, I'm joking here. Right? I get it, me. You need to show your child the reason why they should, they should be respectful. So let's go to uh, okay. Ephesians 6, 1 to 3. Just, let's read one verse of the scripture. Ephesians 6. Now it says, uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Now, this is the epistles. This is the letter written to the church, no Old Testament. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. So, because the thing is this. Now, kids, listen to this. As long as your parents are operating in the confines of scriptures, in good faith, Right? with your best interest at heart. See, they are the people that God will speak to to protect you. See, God is so amazing. He will not put in your mind, in your brain, the wisdom you need to protect yourself so that pride will not destroy your life. So when your parents are speaking to you in good faith and trying to communicate, which most of the time they will not do it perfectly, is for your own good. So we need to help children understand that when your parents are guiding you, are giving you instructions in love, it's for your own benefit. Right? Our girls and our boys should not, should not elevate the voice of their friends in school. Who to a very much extent, many of them do not even have any guidance, any, anyone guiding them, parenting them. So young people then, which links back into my Previous point, relationships. Because young people are very loyal to friends. They seek their approval and acceptance of friends. Friends who do not, many who do not even have a sense of direction in life. Parent, God help us. Point number four. Train them to obey rules. Authorities. First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to 16. The Bible tells us that we should obey authorities. Speed limit. Don't shout at the policeman. Don't slap the policeman. policeman asks you to, the policeman asks you to stop. Stop. Don't argue. Don't fight. Uh, black lives matter. Shut your mouth. Do what the policeman asks you to do, first of all. The police are bad people. The police are bad people. Says who? I hope police are bad people. Okay. Let's turn it around. All black people are bad people. How does that affect you? Let's stop thinking in stereotypes. Let's think straight. Look at human. So parents must learn to train their kids to see human beings as human beings. It's about authority. Tell, teach them to know their rights. So when the policeman or, or somebody in power wants to violate their rights, then we don't have a separate, a separate conversation. But respect first. Amen. Kids, listen to this. Some of your friends who are saying bad things about authority Right, are rebellious people. They are disobeying authority. They have an agenda. Sometimes they want to cook you up to be part of that movement, to, to, be, to, 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 to form a rebel group. They want to put you in problem. Friends, watch this. See, see bad companies seems to be the best one that is more comforting, most comforting, most accepting. It's not, but it's not true. The leader of those group is one of the most insecure people on earth and is trying to use you to fulfill his objectives. So we give you all of the comfort, the support, you know, your brotherhood, brotherhood, sisterhood. But it's not true. They know what she's lacking in your life. And they give you that thing. They, want, they know you want acceptance. You want to be valued. You want recognition. They will give it to you. But they have an ultimate agenda. And that's why when, you go, when things go bad and you are, God forbid, you are, the person, a person is dropped, they move on. They move on. And many of them are puppets in the hand of bigger people who are controlling systems. Kids, can you really see the reason why you listen to parents? Because we can see wider than you can see. All in the mind of most of you is just your homework. Your homework, your homework, your homework. You want to eat, you want to watch Netflix. 
But we go to work. We know what's going on in our life. We know what's going on in the news. We know that most of what you find in the news is propaganda. We know, we know how much we are paying to get the true news, to know what's going on. There are things we cannot share on, on spaces like this because for political reasons and to protect the church. But we know what's going on in the world. So when I tell you this is what's actually going on, I know what I'm talking about. <sighs> Point five, work ethics. I like to read this. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. Proverbs 10.4 Lazy hands make for poverty, NIV, but diligent hands bring wealth. Parent, train your children to be hardworking, working on the right things. Help them develop sound work ethics. Amen. Another one, uh, Proverbs chapter 12, just two chapters from here. Chapter 12, verse 24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Right? Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Parent, there's a lot that goes that is into this. When you two are lazy, you want to... <laughs> Your hand goal in life, there's a word I want, I don't want to use, I don't cause trouble. My wife knows what the word I want to use. It's not insulting, but it makes some people feel offended. When you are very retirement-minded, and all you do every day is, I can't wait to retire. I can't wait to retire. So that I, want, I will not have to work again. That is a bad precedent for diligence and hard work. Because you are psychologically training the children to be lazy. So they don't enjoy nearly every day of their life because they hate to work. So it is important that parents learn to help the child to see the value and the beauty of their vocation. Not try to get rich quick. Understand that to build wealth takes time, diligence, focus. So the Bible tells us clearly, diligent hands will rule, but lazy, laziness hands in forced labor. Children, if they are not trained in this area, they will be doing the jobs they are not. They will be doing jobs that is bringing in such uh, uh, with low value, They'll bring them low pay such that they are not able to actually look after their family or the, even themselves. Amen. So I'm not discrediting any kind of job. To work in McDonald's, you can do. You can work in McDonald's, flipping burger when you're in college. That's fine. But time comes when you want to have your own flat. You want to do other things. If you love working with McDonald's, you can work in McDonald's and have a side also with it. But as long as you are able to combine the two jobs or the two hustles, to bring in substantial amount of money to look after yourself, be able to give other people and look after your family. So I don't say anything wrong working in McDonald's. Because if, no, if nobody was flipping the bug and McDonald's, you and I would not be able to get it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So work ethics. So parents, let's understand what it means to work and to be hardworking. Praise the Lord. And importantly, how to use the mind. So what pays the most in this world is the use of the brain. Many people believe in manual labor, but you can see how the direction of technology taking away manual labor, now imposing on people the need to use the brain that God has given to us. Welcome to the new world. Praise the Lord. So let's take it again. So fear of the Lord, relationships, boundaries, you know, relation, that also includes relationships with their siblings, with their friends, uh, respect for parents, um, obedience to authorities, work ethics. Uh, point six, character and integrity. The Bible says the, char- says the integrity of the upright will protect them, will guide them. Character and integrity. This is one of the things that is lacking the most in the, in the Christian faith. Character and integrity. Friends, when a person becomes born again, that's the, first, that's the starting point of the new journey. They now have a new nature. To be a mature Christian is to grow in character and integrity. So becoming more like Christ is, when we say we have become more like Christ, conforming to the image of Christ in us is forming, developing sound character such that we can make decisions, we can guide people, we can help people, we can represent Jesus, not causing trouble and problems in the world. So you want your child to be able to, um, okay, let me put it, to be able to make the right decisions when they leave home, you have to train them to be people of their of character. Tell them the importance of words. 
to be people of their words. Which means, as a parent, you got to stop lying if you are a liar. Because if you are lying and you lie, your words will not really count. Amen. So, the qualities built into an individual's life will determine their responses in life. How they respond to situations in life. So, if a person is a person of good character, when compromising and... Um, when, when they find themselves in compromising situations, the quality of their character will determine what, how they respond. Right? They will be able to carefully decide what is expected of them, what they should do, what they should not do. Everything is set on character when it comes to engaging the world. Character. Integrity. Amen. Finally, wisdom, which is how to apply the knowledge they acquire. The Bible says wisdom and the principal thing gets wisdom. In all that getting, get understanding. So children will come across all kinds of knowledge, all kinds of information in the world today. They will see all manner. You know, today children have, un, um, they have this unprecedented uh, precedented access, unlimited access to information via their digital devices, the internet, and things like that. But as parents, we need to be able to profile the life of a child identify the key information they need to have and or knowledge and train them on how to use that knowledge wisely. So yes, a child can get a can open a bank account, right? A child can can be entitled to a credit card, but a child does not need a credit card. Why does he or she want to start a life borrowing money to spend money on consuming um, is it consumables according now? What they don't need. Why should a child even be thinking of credit? Buying things they want to use on credit. Why should they be credit card minded? Yeah, the system needs they have to have a credit card. Yeah, they can apply for a credit card, but not to use it to not to spend. The credit card should not be used to to be to, It's not meant to be used uh, to buy personal effects, things that had no value to their life, or things that will not have return on investment. Wisdom. What about marriage? You know, like I've taught you guys in the past four weeks, what it means to parent. Wisdom. So many information, but teaching them how to use the information correctly. Proper application of knowledge. Praise the Lord. Right, let's pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Lord Jesus for your word has come to us today as we explore the seven areas where parents should um, train their children and Lord we pray that parents will be able to dig deeper into these areas and find and develop frameworks to parent their children to improve their lives as well in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father I pray for this spirit this parent for strength to become selfless in their parenting so that they can they can raise children who fulfill your purpose. Thank you Holy Spirit for in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Right so question time feedback time amen let's do this right so who wants to go first? I